it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Back to the near side, pick six. Make it to Hunter. Loved it towards the end zone. Hello and welcome back to Pacific Point of View. I'm Tyler Budge. I'm Hayden Weber. And I'm Cole Dalmadova. And together we are the Pacific Point of View live from an ever-changing downtown campus. We've got new painted walls downstairs. We've got a, a name change at Taylor Place. Gordon Commons. Gordon Commons. Shout out to the, the Gordon family, probably fairly wealthy. Um, and we've got we've, we've got still got a half a mega seg here. Somebody got a little excited with their cup of coffee and <laughs> got new new uh, <laughs> Sony little headphones over here. We're working with so. new headphones and the studio <laughs> smells horrible. So we're just checking all the boxes early on this wonderful Wednesday afternoon. Um, afternoon at eight o'clock. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, on the in, in Hawaii. Hawaii, it's the afternoon. Yeah, That's like right. a third of our fan base. Cole. Come on. That's true. Um, but yeah, let's just jump right into it, guys. Let's jump into Wheaties. Uh, no soundbite because it's it's kind of a pain to okay. do that, and I'm not, I don't think anyone will even hear it. So, I've been eating my Wheaties. All right. Oh, there you go. Uh, nice. For Wheaties this week, uh, some free food that you got this week. That always puts a smile on my face. Oh, okay. Being that it was Easter, went over to the cousin's house for a, a nice Easter brunch, had some ham, salad, whole bunch of sweets, so lots of good free food there. Went to the Andrea household, that's hey. uh, Mia's family, that's Gannon's girlfriend. Uh, very fun, we had wood fire baked pizza. It was the first time I've ever put a pizza in a wood fire, uh, whatever thing that's called, but it was really fun. I had ham, pepperoni, you name it. Very fun Easter at the Andrea Ohana. Nice. There we go. That's pretty fun. Um, surprisingly enough, my favorite food I had this week didn't happen on Easter. Favorite free food. I was at a wedding on Easter, actually. That was Easter. Um, and that, no, no, I'm, I'm saying I was at a wedding on Easter. Oh, and I did okay. get free food there. It was tacos. But at the convention center a couple days ago, oh. there was a mac and cheese bar. And I'm talking three cheese mac, garlic mac, Oof. bacon, pulled pork, chicken, you name it. Anything you could throw in there. That cleared Easter. That cleared Easter. No offense to uh, all, all the Easter heads out there, um, but mac and cheese bar, you just can't beat it. Do people eat your mac and cheese at the convention center? What do you mean? Because at home, people eat your mac and cheese. 
But Michael I, Boston. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, you're saying my personal stash of mac and cheese. No, no, no. I, I protect mine at all costs at the convention center. But let's get to Fruit Loops. Uh, some food that you maybe paid a little bit too much for this week. It happens, especially in today's day and age. Absolutely. Haven't had anything bad necessarily, but Cane's is getting pricey. I had Cane's for dinner tonight. A box combo, it's over 13 bucks. Oh, if you get a damn. lemonade too, it, it adds the, it jacks up that price. So I love Cane's, but a little pricey. Been a gift card merchant lately. Uh, I've been using my Chipotle gift cards. I think I dropped like 30 bucks on the past week of Chipotle stuff, but I still have yet to get guac. And I don't know, what, don't know why I haven't done that yet. Also, it costs more to Uber Eats Chipotle. Like, they raise the price of the food, and you have to pay a delivery fee. It's yeah. Ridiculous. That doesn't make sense to me. That is weird. It, yeah, it usually ends up coming out to, like, 20 bucks. It's if double you order. the price of an actual bowl. Yeah, it's it's actually ridiculous. I, I've noticed that. Mine's also Chipotle. I went and got a bowl there the other day. I remember I used to walk into Chipotle and get a chicken bowl for $7, and it's now at least 11 without anything extra. If you want double meat, it's going to be thirteen fifty or whatever. If you want... Good meat. It's gonna be like fifteen if you want to get the carnitas or the steak or whatever. And if you want the the guac, it's gonna be like eighteen. It's, it's ridiculous. It's so bad. Literally, my old Chipotle order was like the steak or a carne asada, like seasonal whatever with uh, guac in there. I, I just can't do it anymore. You it's can't. So it's ridiculous. not. It's financially irresponsible to do that now. Like it just is. Tortilla on the side used to be free. That's like a dollar now. It's because I'm convinced it's because everyone came out with those, like, how to game Chipotle videos, and now they're just... They took notes. They're, st- they're striking back. Yeah, they took notes. That's a very sad fall from grace from Chipotle. Uh, strange, strangely Chipotle-themed uh, section. But let's get to the big picture. We have got some uh, Heisman odds. Preseason Heisman odds are always fun because there's usually some pretty cold takes and takes that age really badly in there. But we've got the top ten right now, which is... In short, Caleb Williams, Jordan Travis, Drake May, Bo Nix, Michael Penix Jr., shout out Michael Penix Jr., Sam Hartman, Joe Milton, Jaden Daniels, Quinn Ewers, and Drew Aller in that order. With that being said, anything that stands out to you from those ten? Don't know how I feel about Jordan Travis there at two, the second best odds ahead of Drake May, Bo Nix, everyone else. It's not that I don't think Jordan Travis is a great quarterback because he's been phenomenal these last couple years little high. And then Jaden Daniels, it's always weird seeing him on these lists because he was kind of a sleeper at ASU. And, you know, now, of course, that he's at LSU, everyone thinks he's a Heisman contender. I could see him taking some steps forward next year, but I don't know if I have him eight ahead of Ewers and Aller. Ironically, those two guys will play each other in week one, so those Heisman odds will naturally fluctuate right from the start. Uh, Caleb Williams, yeah, he's going to be the favorite. But, damn, there's never been a two-time Heisman Trophy winner since Archie Griffin. And I don't think – I mean, that's a – I don't know if I'm going to put money on Caleb Williams winning it back-to-back. Uh, also, Drew Aller is worth sprinkling some dollars on, I would say. Uh, yeah, very, very interesting one. That would be the, the Drew Aller hype train continues to chug along. Jordan Travis, I agree. That's way too high. Number two, what are we – like, whoa. I understand people are high on Florida State, but that just feels – Especially because when I think about how Florida State's offense operates, it's not even necessarily that Travis is the cog in the wheel. Like, it yeah. feels a bit much. Williams, I feel like, has to be the favorite, but also that's too obvious. Like Colt said, if I'm putting my money on this, I'm not putting it on Caleb Williams to go back-to-back. And uh, I feel like I feel like Jaden Daniels and Jalen Daniels of Kansas getting disrespected. Both of the, like, Jaden Daniels is too low. 
This is ridiculous. What, what eight? Below Bazooka Joe Milton, who we watched in three games last year? I don't know. I, that feels feels weird to me. Um, Travis, Travis, Jordan Travis feels Adrian Martinez-esque currently to me. Mm. You know how Martinez would be in the top five every year? Remember Dylan Gabriel's in the top five last year? Yep. I do. I do. Remember. I He was like in top 15, I think. I think he was still in the top 15. Oh, really? Yeah. So he's not completely gone. Uh, last season in the preseason Heisman odds, there were five non-quarterbacks, including Will Anderson, B. Han Robinson, uh, Travion Henderson from Ohio State, Jackson Smith and Jigma from Ohio State, and Jameer Gibbs. Now zero in the top ten preseason Heisman odds this year. Uh, any thoughts on why that might be? or? I mean, it's a QB league, and at this point, I feel like no one's kidding themselves. The Heisman is basically just a quarterback award these days. You know, obviously Devonte Smith. That was kind of a of a unique season there. But at this point, I'm not too terribly surprised. I think they should just change the kind of what it takes to be a Heisman. I think at this point they should just say it's a quarterback award and and move along. I think Blake Corum, right, was a what top three in the top three last He's year. He's a finalist, right? And so to him not even be in the top ten right now, I, I think is a little ridiculous. Also, Brock Bowers. I mean, who knows? Maybe the first tight end to win. I don't know if a tight end's ever won it, but he would be the first since we've been watching. And yeah. maybe Marvin Harrison Jr. I agree. With all the hype surrounding Marvin Harrison Jr., that's the most surprising one to me. Because you've got the NFL scouts talking about how they wish they could draft him this year, and he's like a Lamborghini, but you've got to keep it in the shop for another year or whatever like that. Like The hype around him, I'm surprised they wouldn't even put him in the top ten just to bait some some bets his way. Same with Bowers. After that natty performance, all the hype that could be around him, and the stuff that Bowers can do, the jet sweeps, carrying the ball, catching the ball, like feels like he's versatile enough to get that. In my opinion, I think Bowers is like pound for pound the best player in college football Mm. uh, just because of what he can do and how he opens up Georgia's offense. I just think, unfortunately, with the Heisman these days, they've made it impossible for non-quarterbacks to win even though I think Bowers is the best player and would be my favorite to win this award if it truly were about the best player in college football. Yeah, we should change that. We should we should change who's voting for Heisman because there's some of these <laughs> positions that just don't get enough love. <clears throat> we make our own Pacific POV sports book and make our own odds. There we go. And then collect rig it, people's money. Rig it, collect people's money. Colt, you're a genius. Uh, we put out some posts uh, throughout this week, asking you, asking the followers, give us some bold predictions, and we'll talk about them on the show. We'll rate them 1 to 10, 1 meaning that's not bold, that's probably going to happen, 10 meaning it's impossible, that is too mm. bold, the boldest of the bold. And so let's start with at Joey underscore hey underscore look underscore over underscore there. Okay. He said Texas wins the national championship. Wow. I'm going to go with a solid seven. Whoa, a seven. A seven. It's, it could happen. Uh, it's pretty bold, but it's not out of this world. You know, I'm going to go four. Oh, my If wow. these guys beat Bama. Wow. Wow. They're in the playoff. Wow. And then they got a chance. I'm going to go four. See, I went with, I went with a much higher one. I said nine. I said okay. nine, and I said it would be lower. I would be in Colts' range if they said make the playoff. 
However, I think there's a certain boiling point it gets to once you're in the playoff, and we've seen it with Michigan. That's kind of how I measured it up. Mm. As I was like, it, they'd be kind of in the same tier as Michigan, where they get in there, but you run into the the Georgias and the TCU's of the world, I guess, and and it's a little bit tougher. I just I can see Texas making a playoff game easily. I could see them making a little TCU upset happen, but I can't see them ripping off two of those in a row. But what if Ohio State makes that kick last year, right? Versus Georgia. And then then oh, TCU, then, Ohio State? Right. Do you think TCU would have beat Ohio State? I think there's a better chance. So maybe the th- mm. same thing happens. That's there. A Texas. four, though. A four seems. Woo! That's. <laughs> Well, I couldn't be like ten. That's not no, impossible. I, I said I say nine. I just don't. I just don't think that that's maybe. In, if they do great this year, make the playoffs this year, maybe the year after that. Also, they have an, a Manning on their roster as a backup right now. The Mannings they never want They never want a Natty in college. That's why they have yours. <laughs> oh, there we go. Okay. Um, at Colin Ballin Zero <laughs> says... I love these usernames. Yeah, oh, they're great. They'll, they're going to get better. Uh, he says, UConn will win eight games this season. Um, let me pull up UConn's yeah, schedule. schedule. Wow. Right off the bat, though. Eight games? Eight games this season. UConn's schedule is as follows. They've got NC State at oh. Georgia State. FIU, Duke, Utah State, at Rice, South Florida, at Boston College, at Tennessee, at James Madison, Sacred Heart, and UMass. No. Um, I'm going to go eight on this one because at James Madison, that's a loss. At Tennessee, that's a loss. They're not going to be favored at Boston College. They're going to be underdogs probably against Utah State, Duke, they're it's not a tough schedule. State. It's a tough yeah, schedule. No. They can go bowling again, absolutely. They're not winning eight games. So yeah. I'm going to go eight. I'm going to go ten. That's not wow. happening. You're not wow. going on the road with all with the Tennessee Boston Colleges of the world. And Rice and, on and the road state. is kind of a I, sneaky I, game. I said eight. I said eight. I, in the same territory as Hayden, I said the leap in logic isn't that absurd. It's not completely absurd. Because you can see, you can see seven wins in there. Sure. And then you could argue your way to an eighth. But... Like UConn was pretty good last year. They had they had yeah. some impressive wins, including a road win at was it at Boston College they won or no they hosted them. They beat Boston College. They beat Boston College it, in Fresno State. I think last it's a year. home and home, so yeah, they hosted. Mm, okay, all right. Next up, we've got at Jackson Barwell Barnwell underscore. Okay. He says South Carolina wins the SEC East. Ten. They're not over Georgia. Come on. No. Yeah, that's actually unreal. No. I'm gonna go nine though. Okay. A puncher shot. A puncher shot. Because the way they closed out the season last year, if they have that same finish and you have the flukiness, maybe with a Georgia loss to Tennessee in there, yeah, there's your one chance. Okay. I, I put 9.5. Georgia exists. Tennessee exists. They did beat Tennessee, but Georgia is Georgia. I think saying Georgia doesn't win the SEC East in itself is at least a 9.5. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, I just think yes. it's a very bold take from Jackson Barnwell. Um, we've got downtown.13 who says, Will Howard, Kansas State quarterback, will be a Heisman finalist. That's a bold take, though, first of all. Yeah. Props, for, props for that. That's a good it's one. It's bold. I'm going to go seven. Okay. I've kind of been in that seven, eight range the whole time, but I'm, I'm going to go seven. It's definitely one of those names that's, I'd say, a top 25 as it stands right now. Yeah. Not totally out of the... Yeah kind of out of the blue but if it happened it would be a shock but it's not 
it wouldn't be on. It's a solid bet. It's a solid. It's a solid six for me. Okay, I, I said I said eight. I said there's a shot this happens, but eh, I don't know. I'm I'm not as high on Kansas State this year necessarily. We've got new underscore day underscore new underscore pay new day new pay. Okay. Who says wow. Florida goes six and six again? Let's get that schedule oh. up. <clears throat> Let's yeah. See. Replacing a quarterback. Yep. Well, right off the bat, probably a five. Graham Mertz, though. Don't forget about yeah, Graham Mertz. And people have I've been seeing that he's he's improved, which is I mean, good. It's a tough start and tough finish. With I, I'm, Utah, Tennessee. I mean, there's a very real chance they're two, one and two to start the season. Correct. I put I put a. What are I'm, we talking? What five point five. Florida goes six? six and six again. Is his thing. I I say um, five point five. The vibes are terrible yeah, in Gainesville. Five. I'm gonna go five, maybe even a four on that one. Oh my God! Their schedule is actually Dude, ridiculous. It is, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to go with a solid four here. I'm going to go with he's right. The back so half one? of that schedule gets worse. Yeah. I mean, you're at Utah. Wow, right? Cole with a one. You're at Utah, at South Carolina. You've got Georgia, at LSU, Florida State. He's right. A one. A one a is, one. yes, it's happening. Yes, it's, he's it's right. Effectively, your he's prediction right. now. Wow, all he's right. right. Cole. I think, I think I'm going to say they go seven and five looking at the schedule, but... Six and six, absolutely. A four. He's right. That's All right. crazy. We got a couple more SEC predictions here. Uh, at Chris De Innovator 91 okay. says, Mississippi State will be a surprise team. Sure. Uh, <laughs> kind of a tough one to analyze. It's not going to yeah, lie. I'll go with a six there. I mean, what... What would you say is a surprise? I mean, better than eight wins. Like, the, the way I interpreted I it, some surprises. I, I, I gave I gave a four, and I interpreted it as not a lot of people are talking about Mississippi State. Sure. So I think people could be surprised by this team if they win. Yeah, like eight games. Or okay, something. if they win eight, throw in a big upset there. Will Will Rogers is back, so sure. Then let's let's go, I'll bump mine down to a five there. I'm gonna go six. I, I don't know how to. Say whether or not this is a bold take or not. This is a weird team it, to talk about yeah. with what happened last year. I mean, it, it'll be surprising if they go to like an eight and four season in honor of coach. Like that would be great. But is that surprising? I don't know. Yeah, Zach Arnett, their new coach. He he had actually an interview recently where he said he's not going to try and replicate Mike Leach's offense. He's See? gonna. So no one knows what that offense is gonna look. He was the defensive coordinator. So it's an, it's like a completely bizarre new thing that's happening, but we'll see. We've got at RT Schmidt, notably Rally Schmidt. Rally. It says Hugh Freeze gets an Iron Bowl win in his first season at Auburn. Wow, that'd be nuts. That's pretty bold. <laughs> it is pretty bold. You know, with rivalries, you can kind of throw the records out the window. So right off the bat, it can't be a 9 or a 10. Although... Auburn is not going to be great next year, uh, and Alabama's Alabama. I'm going to go with an eight here. Uh, I don't see it happening personally, but, again, we've seen crazier things happen, especially in rivalry games. I'm going to go with a nine. Yeah, the rivalry thing can be the one reason why I don't have it at a ten, but Nick Saban's coming into this year pissed. He's like, this Georgia dynasty is taking away the limelight from my dynasty? True. Hell no. 
They're gonna spank Auburn at the end of the season. I, I put it, I put a seven on it. Oh my right. goodness! Auburn does do this. Bro, they they shit. do do this from time to time, and I believe in in the rally energy we've got going. He is the greatest fan. Uh, so let's go. We got a few more. Clemson. Oh, sorry. At <laughs> the username is funny. At Cade underscore Clubnick underscore Clemson says Clemson will be ranked number one in the country at some point. Surprising take from Cade Clubnick Clemson. Mm. I think they can with their schedule. Yeah. Early road game at Florida State, or home game against Florida yeah. State. Three. I could see it happening. I'm going to go four. I, I also went four. I think the early Florida State game helps them. The only thing that could stop them is if Georgia is Goes just number one and the voters undefeated. do not correct yeah. do not want to change their mind on that. But if they get that early win versus Florida State, it could be a case of where the voters are like, oh, top four win. And, they but, and they'll have the late game one. win against South Carolina. And if they're good... True. That could also elevate them. True. Exactly. All right. We've got two more here. We've got Garrett underscore Nelson 14 who says, Nebraska makes it to a bowl game. This is it. This is the year. <laughs> seven. I'm going to go seven. I, prove it, Nebraska. I mean, people have been saying they've been back longer than Texas at this point. So yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with a solid seven. I need to see it before I believe it. I do think Matt Rule is going to turn it around, but not this year. I'm going to go five. I'm gonna say, I think that seems pretty yeah. reasonable for Nebraska to finally go to a bowl game right now. Yeah. I'm, I, I agree with you, Cole. I actually also threw a five on it. I said okay. Matt Rule is not Scott Frost. He actually right. does have a proven – well, I guess Scott Frost had a proven track record too, but I, I just think there's a chance Matt Rule can, can scrap together this squad, which has an underrated amount of talent on it. Scott Frost, there was one thing he was good at in Nebraska – and it was acquiring talent. There is still some talent on this roster. Jeff Sims at quarterback, but there are some wins. There are some wins there. There's NIU there. There's Louisiana Tech there. Well, hold on now. Georgia Southern, we would have been saying this time last year was a win. This Northwestern. is true, but, but there are some wins. Like, there's not an Ohio State on that schedule. I don't see that's a, a pretty big win. I don't see a Penn State on that schedule. That's a that that's helps. also huge. That does help. I, that's why I put a five on it. I just think I could see sure. it going either way. Um, and we've got the last one. It's a re- well. Hold on. Before we get to that, Riley Riley Schmidt saying Auburn went three and nine last year, and then or not? They just said they went three and nine, and then went to the Natty the next year. He's pointing out, just reminding you all to never sleep. Do on they Auburn. have? That's fair. Well, yeah, I guess that's true. Um, anyways, <laughs> last one. Uh, it's Riley again. Riley Schmidt says, in five years, Hawaii will make at least the Holiday Bowl, if not the New Year's Six. Um, I'm well, going to go 10 because... <laughs> the Holiday Bowl isn't even a tie-in. Yeah, for... we don't do the Holiday Bowl anymore, so it would only be the Hawaii Bowl. And New I don't even six. think the New Year's Six will exist. Okay, let's say Hawaii Bowl then. In the next five years, Hawaii will make the Hawaii one. Bowl. Yeah, I'm going to go one We're there. doing it next season, actually, Rally. Okay, okay, there we go. I think eventually Timmy Chang will... What do you mean eventually, Hayden? This is 2022. How about, how about in the next five years, Hawaii will win their division in the Mountain West? That, are they, is, are they that still should be division? the expectation. The, the expectation? The expectation for Timmy Chang should be within the next five years, you win the division. That's what Rolo did in his uh, fourth year. That's the expectation. I'll go five there. If he doesn't do it, he should be fired. I go, I, I'll go six. Me firing my own family member. <laughs> I'm going to go one because it has to happen. 
All right. Uh, well, if that's that's all the I'm follower hot takes, we- <laughs> no, 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 no. That's uh, you're right. I accidentally went to outro voice there for a second. That is all the follower hot takes we have. Uh, we'll probably revisit this one um, later. It'd be fun to revisit these exact takes, maybe when the season ends or something like that. Or five years down the road. Or five years down the road, in the case of one of those. Um, but Colt, in the meantime, as we watch this play-in game go down to the wire What's between. The score? No, I, I'm not sure, actually. It's going to a commercial. Oh, Terrible timing. Oh, wait. Commercial? It's a free throw, actually. 82-79, OKC leads. OKC! With four minutes left in the third. But, Colt, why don't you tell us where we can go and put our money? Put your money on the Premier League of Darts, boys. Okay, so there's <laughs> seven nights left in the Prem. Okay, and seven nights are like match days. Okay, so there's like seven days left of the season over the next like month and a half or so. A nine dart finish in darts is the greatest thing you can do in the sport. It's like a perfect game. The odds for a nine dart finish by anyone in any of the next seven nights at some point in this season, right now, plus 125. Wow. I think in the history of the Prem, it's happened about 627 times. So It's like a perfect game, you said? It's like a perfect game in darts. Sounds, okay. Oh, okay. I, 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 I thought nine, you were comparing it directly to a baseball perfect game. But Which that's is like no, 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 impossible. No. Right. So this would be more of a what? Like a triple play? How often is a triple yeah, play? Sh- yeah, yeah, that's, that's valid, probably actually. That's better, valid. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But it's, it can happen. But this is but as perfect rare. as it yeah. gets yeah. for the sport of darts. Sure. Plus 125. You should do it, Hayden. All right. Okay. Okay. Right. <laughs> okay. NBA playoffs start this week. We're currently watching the playing game. And the Sixers play the Nets this, uh, this weekend. Um, in this series... I think the Nets are going to get two wins. And so wow. I'm betting Sixers win the series 4-2. to two. I think the Nets are going to surprise some teams, get a couple wins along the way. I think Mikhail and Cam and Spencer Dinwiddie were great additions, especially defensively. And, you know, I think the Sixers might overlook them a little bit. 4-2 series win. That's right now plus 4-10. Wow. I'd like wow. it. And then uh, this weekend is also Arnold Allen versus Max Holloway in the UFC. Ooh, oh, baby. That's a good one. I am betting plus 152 on Arnold Allen. This wow. is what we call, boys, a depression bet. Yep. This is how you guarantee your profits. Even Who's, who's favored? Uh, Max is favored by, like, minus 112 right now. It's very <laughs> sketchy. Max Holloway recently got married. Um, he hasn't fought <laughs> since he lost to Volkanovski for the yeah. third time in his career. Is, is, it's been kind of going down, downward yeah. spiral for, for Maxi, And so I think the safe bet here is just guarantee yourself either money or your guy wins. So I have the depression bet. Okay. Very I actually smart. don't even have a quote. This wow. <laughs> that was depressing. That was depressing, actually. Can you make one up for us? Please wipe down your area before and after You're just each reading usage. the sign. Thank you. <laughs> All right. We're talking about State. the studio. That, that works. That works. Thank you, Cole. Um, guys, <laughs> the whole time we've done this show, we've never done an XFL update. There's been a football league going on, and we're here talking about football, pretending that football is not being played, and there's a lot of college football stars in these rosters. Really? Um, yeah. Yeah. Really. In fact, <laughs> let me just, I'll just read some of the standout players now. Ben DiNucci. Ben DiNucci. <laughs> AJ McCarron. Jordan Ta'amu. Hawaiian. Davion Smith from Michigan. Remember him? He was a baller running back. Max Borhe. Okay. Pac-12 yeah. product. Uh, Cedric Bird, uh, Charleston Rambo, Rambo. from Oklahoma, mm-hmm. and Josh Gordon. How about wow. that? So, 
pretty big names that are out there shining in the XFL. Here's the current playoff picture to get everyone up to speed. In the North, D.C. has clinched the playoffs, and it is Seattle and St. Louis. St. Louis, who's been desperate for a football team ever since the Rams left them. They're battling for the last spot. It's one game of separation between those two teams with two weeks left. Going to be exciting. Vegas eliminated. I I expected Vegas to actually like be kind of good. Yeah, me too. Because it's Vegas? Like, how does that not... Yeah. Did they play at um, Allegiant? I don't think so. Yeah. I bet it's really? Sam Boyd. If not... I think you might be right. Okay. That's probably true. Uh, Houston in the south has clinched the playoffs. Bob Stoops, Arlington team, Bobby. needs one more win for a playoff spot, and the San Antonio Brahmas... Are, What's a Brahma? I have no idea what a Brahma is. It sounds like Brahma. Didn't but we it's Google it at some point? I have and no idea. And we still don't have the answer. Uh, yeah, Orlando's out, and the Brahma's on the verge of elimination. It's a Hindu god. Also, <laughs> it might be a chicken. It looks like it's a Brahma chicken. It was a principal meat breed in the U.S. from the 1850s to the 1930s. So, so it's don't a, eat those chickens. So it's a anymore. Hindu chicken god. Yes. <laughs> Um, but based on uh, you know what I've said about the XFL, what you have observed about the XFL, who do you think wins this league? Uh, to be honest, I have no idea. I'm gonna <laughs> <laughs> no, none of us do. Uh, we haven't watched a single XFL game. All right, let's go with okay. Who's AJ McCarron on again? He's the on. Hawks. There we go. Same let's say the Battlehawks. I just okay. I trust AJ McCarron. He honestly. He was a really good NFL backup, and I think he could still be in the NFL right now. He could. He, he actually has that like quote where he said he wants his kids to watch him play. Yeah. Yep. So that's what which he's is there. really cool. And the Plus Rock was a, proud of him. He's a NCAA 13 legend as well. So True. I'm gonna go Battlehawks. Uh, I'm looking at either the Houston Roughnecks with uh, backup QB Cole McDonald, who actually plays <laughs> a ton, with the Cedric Bird connection. They're on the same team. If these guys run the run and shoot, they're chilling. Uh, the DC Defenders. Have Jordan Ta'amu. He's a Pro City yep. high school graduate that's also in Hawaii. Uh, they also got the top rusher in the league in Abram Smith. I don't know where he went, but if you have the best passer and rusher in the league, you should be good. I'm trying to see where Abram Smith went because that name sounds super familiar. Also, June Jones is the offensive coordinator on the uh, Seattle Sea Dragons. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, actually, Seattle's my pick. If, uh, Hayden picked St. Louis, and I, Seattle St. Louis are battling for a spot. Mm. I think whoever gets that will ride the wave. To a title. Hey, Seattle needs a title. Get Seattle a title. It's fine. June Jones wanted to be the head coach at UH and ended up the OC for the Sea Dragons. <laughs> that's, pretty, that's actually pretty funny. Um, but the attendance in the league, that's what matters, what keeps the league alive. Lead wide. Oh, the live. Cole, I might need the portable charger in a minute. Oh, yeah. But uh, the attendance league wide, around 18K. The USFL was 10K for reference from across you know feeder leagues. The NFL was 70K. And then, for reference, average in the FBS is 40K. So at 18K, not terrible. St. Louis, the top attended game in all of the XFL was 30K by St. Louis, which that's also not bad. So with all that in mind and how the season's gone, what are your thoughts on the future for the XFL? As much as I wanted to succeed and more football is better, just for some reason, these leagues that are basically playing normal NFL style football with obviously there's different rules and sorts of gimmicks with each one they just don't seem to last uh, unless you're like the indoor football league where it's just so different that it's something entirely different um, true for that reason I would be surprised to see this lasting for more than like 
five, six years for some reason. I just don't feel like it's going to continue to pick up steam. I feel like it's kind of at a peak right now. Uh, however, though, those are encouraging and, you know, relatively encouraging attendance numbers. So hopefully it sticks around. More football is better. Plus, you know, guys are getting opportunities to showcase themselves. And we've seen sometimes guys who did well in the, the American AAL or AAF or whatever that was called yep. a couple years ago. The, the, the yeah, AAF. The one with the hot shots and the, the battle ships or whatever. Didn't even Sandy. finish their season, yeah, though. Yeah, that was brutal. Um, <laughs> the one Mike Bercovici was on. San Diego. The Fleet. The Fleet. Yeah, Burke. Okay. I, I yes. remember. And got <laughs> drilled, and that was like the highlight of the league. Yeah. Anyways, long story short, I don't see it lasting, but I hope it does. I think this one actually has a chance to remain consistent for over the next five, maybe ten years. I like the fact that The Rock is a big face, big owner in this company. Who knows, maybe the Saudis will eventually get involved (laughs) and then really this league will take off. But it seems like they're operating in cities like St. Louis, right? Generating a huge fan base. I mean, the AAF and the USFL had a head start and they didn't even capitalize on that for some Mm -hmm. reason. Also, they're getting backup QBs. Like when we talked about AJ McCarron, he could totally be in the league right now. But for some reason, we're able to convince him to play in the XFL. I think when we get, look at guys like Mariota, maybe Winston, in the next two or three years, instead of playing second or third string on the Eagles, just go play in the XFL. Yeah, I, I think the reason you've seen a lot of these leagues try to get started is because there there is a market for a spring football league that right. you could could be tapped into. Definitely nothing equivalent to the NFL, but maybe a little feeder league. I think the thing that killed the other leagues we've seen recently is they never got their legs under them. Like yeah. COVID hit and the AF was just a mess. I, I think if this league can get their legs under them, it could be tough to to stop this league from going. Like I think if this league makes it two or three years down the line, the momentum might be enough to to sustain something. I'm concerned for the USFL because they're still planning on having their league, I think, right after the XFL season's done. Yeah, they're going to be screwed. Fox bought the wrong league. ESPN got the XFL. I I think the USFL is going to fold. I I would agree with that. They are in trouble. That's where you should be worried. I would prefer one league so we're not spreading the talent too thin. Yeah. Uh, But college football stars, as I mentioned, in the league, sprinkled Mm -hmm. throughout... What are some current college football stars or maybe a guy that's in the NFL not getting time or is about to be drafted or something huh. that you think could carve out a nice little career in the XFL? I've got a few ASU-related guys. Uh, I'm going to go Emory Jones, uh, who's now at Cincinnati, obviously. You know, he's pretty one-dimensional, kind of like running quarterback. But if he could develop some some better, you know, downfield passing abilities... He's a good game manager, seemed to have a good IQ. So he's a guy I think could excel. Daniel Ngata as well. Hmm. Kind of a he's not gonna wow you with the measurables, but just overall a solid running back. And then another one was DJ Taylor, who was uh he kind of lacked a true position. Obviously, we know he returned that punt against U of A. He could be like one of those flashy returners who gets like a start. Victor Bolden Jr. Right. Uh in the XFL and is able to parlay that into an NFL career. I was looking at guys like coming in out of this draft class, maybe Michael Penix Jr., K.J. Jefferson, J.J. McCarthy, guys that eventually might be six or seven round picks, don't really have a career in the NFL after two years. Be a star. Like Penix might actually be a star in the XFL. I also have running back Frank Gore Jr. Hey, I said him too. He's tearing it up at Southern Miss, but, but he already has the name. 
True. Yeah, Frank Gore Jr. would sell tickets in the yeah. XFL. Yeah. Like that would be that'd be pretty sick. Uh, Will Rogers, another guy. You know, the guys in the Mike Leach air raid don't typically excel as as uh, quarterbacks in the NFL. They excel as coaches, weirdly enough. Which more on some of the coaches uh, that Mike Leach had <laughs> under his branch later, Cliff and Lincoln Riley. Um, Jack Coletto. Hey. He, there's a chance he's, he's going to get drafted this year, and he'll definitely get signed to a team at the very least. <clears> but if he struggles to carve out a role, it's like, well, maybe maybe something could be brewing. And he becomes an <laughs> yeah. XFL superstar. But, I mean, I, I have faith he'll, he'll find a niche in the NFL. Uh, something fun to think about, some coaches who could just take up an XFL job. Maybe Chris Peterson says, hey. I want something a little low, lower stakes. Mike Riley, he's currently in the USFL, so maybe if that league collapses. Urban uh, Meyer? Urban Meyer. There we go. Urban Meyer. That'd be so funny. That'd be hilarious. Throw We've, Herm Edwards in there. That's what I'm, if, if every team was coached by an absolute goober head coach, because we've got Bob Stoops, which is just awesome. Like, that's like, oh, Bob Stoops. But an Urban Meyer, and then you get a Scott People Frost team, watch. and like, that would be electric. Especially if we get a WWE style cage match between them all. True. <laughs> But uh, this is a Pac-12 show, after all. So let's get to the Pac-12 newsletter. We actually have some news in the the middle of April. We've got some news. Cliff Kingsbury randomly gets announced. He will be joining the USC coaching staff to help out with quarterbacks under Mm. Lincoln Riley. Thoughts on this move? That's a a good role for Cliff. He uh, obviously coached the Cardinals for four long years. Um, (laughs) That was a tough... Stint. He he just wasn't ready for the NFL. I think, honestly, based on what we saw at Tech, what we saw with the Cardinals, I think there is a pretty obvious ceiling with Cliff as a head coach. But I think he has the potential to be an elite coordinator somewhere. And getting a start at USC, even though it's just as an assistant right now, let him kind of you know be under Lincoln for a year. I think he could be back in the NFL in a few years as a coordinator and. I think he has a great future ahead, Colin plays, but not being a head coach. This is a home run for him. What does he have to do? I mean, they have the Heisman Trophy winner, the best quarterback in the nation. You're coming in as the QB's coach. He doesn't really have to be coached right now. He seems pretty fine on his own. This offense, though, will be cooking. I guess Thailand didn't have a football team because that's where he just left, right? He just went on a nice yep. trip to Thailand. Uh, but great for Caleb Williams to get that NFL you know, support from a guy who was just in the league and yeah, for Kingsbury, great to get back into the game. Yeah, there is no way that this move turns out to be negative. Like, that's just a right. phenomenal move by Lincoln Riley to get this guy around here. And I think a great career move by Cliff. Typically, I'm in favor of taking a year off after you get fired to just, like, you know, chill. Chill for a minute or maybe go to TV, do something like that. That's like what Thailand was. the Dan Mullen treatment or whatever. Um, but I just, I just think it's a good move for him to go get a, a quarterback coach, like, very low stakes. You're not going to get any flack from that position. Oops. Kind of behind the scenes. Um, just a great move. Great move. And I think that he can definitely parlay that back into, I think I think he'll get another head coaching job offer in college. And it could be the Lane Kiffin treatment. Go spend a couple years at FAU or something like that. But the guy's got some skills offensively. He's got some absolute skills. The defense, obviously, has been a concern. But uh, another interesting little tidbit, it was reported by some very credible sources this last week that uh, the Pac-12 media deal is actually kind of coming into focus and could be completed either by the end of spring or by summer. So you think this is legit, or how are we feeling about this? It's not the CW one, is it? 
Is it the CW That's what I one? Saw. Was it? I saw the CW thing. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. Not man. I don't know I if mean, I saw really, that. Whatever keeps the conference together at this point. The fact that, that there's be, a deal coming into focus is like that would be ideal. Um, man, I don't know. I watching Pac-12 on the CW would be really weird and terrible for ratings. But at this point, if you care about tradition and you know regional rivalries and all that stuff, which I'm all for, that's great news. I don't care about what channel it's on personally, but. I'm glad to hear something's in the works. Uh, where there's smoke, there's fire. I mean, the conference had said in the report they're discussing a small package of games on the CW, but get ready for, like, U.S. Well, not even U.S. It'll be Colorado versus Utah, sandwiched in between Chris Angel's magic show and The Flash <laughs> and Vampire Diaries. Like, <laughs> that'll just be brutal. Yeah, let's hope they uh, can cook something up. Uh, maybe they'll just cancel it all together and, like, we're not televising anything. <laughs> just good luck. Um, so... Deion Sanders, yes. On the CW network right now, though, is the Live Golf Tour. Really? Yes. So they're actually making a push for sports. Okay. okay. Well, maybe maybe we that. could be paving the way. Yes. Paving the way to something. The that, Saudis buy the Pac-12 conference. Well, hopefully that doesn't <laughs> happen. Weird, boy. The Saudis just start forking money over to the Pac-12 oh, schools. Um, Colt, you you mentioned that a few times. Our viewers might not know what's going on with that. Yeah, so basically, the Live Golf Tour is a Saudi-backed, Saudi-funded golf tour that basically took half the best players from the PGA, the Professional Golf Association, or whatever that's called, the PGA Tour, and put it into the Live Golf Tour. So it's like almost as if the NFL lost uh, Aaron Rodgers, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes to the XFL after it was bought, bought by the Saudis. It would really hurt the sport. Yeah. So hopefully that doesn't happen at the Pac-12. Anyways, so Dion, Dion Sanders, head coach, Colorado. Last time Colorado had a notable head coach, Mel Tucker, he left after one season. Ah. So if Dion shocked the world and left this offseason, which I'm told would require some weird contract stuff, whatever. But if he did that, hmm. where would he go and why? Hmm. This is tough. Depends on what opens up. Right now, I the, the two schools that make sense, Florida State because that's his alma mater, but, I mean, Mike Norvell is not going anywhere, I don't think. Especially, it seems like he's finally got some momentum there. I personally think Jimbo Fisher could get fired after this season. Mm, um, true. I really do think so. I could see maybe A&M throwing something, seeing, hey, Dion, come over. I'm sure he'd take that job. I think that'd be a good culture fit, actually. Yeah, and, you know, more money for him, the SEC exposure. I could see him taking that if A&M were to open up. But other than those two, I don't see him going to Miami. You know, that's a rival school for him. I I actually I actually have as a sleeper. I think Florida. I think if the Florida job opens up, if Napier like gets fired this this season, I think Florida would reach out to him. And I don't see Dion necessarily turning that down just because they're a rival. Sure. Really? I don't. I, I you think don't that think he happen. doesn't have that alliance especially, to FSU? Especially if FSU has a great year. Dion would have to be an idiot to not take an SEC head coaching job at Florida. I, I just think that. And then the ties in Florida, the amount of guys. Like, I don't think yeah. Dion's that blindly loyal just to his, like, alma mater. You know, he's a smart guy. I'm just. Fair. I think that could be a legit thing. I wrote down Texas. Welcome. Sark is 13 and 12. If for whatever reason they have a clunker season with Ewers and maybe Manning decides to transfer and it all goes to hell, 
Who knows, man? Okay. Because he's had ties to Texas. He coached high school football there with his son for like six or seven years before he took that Jackson State job. So he has ties there. He probably has some recruiting push. A&M is also a great place, but they just got to spend $76 million to buy out Jimbo. Yeah, but I mean, if they miss another bowl game, do you almost have to do oh, that? Oh, yeah. It's expensive. I think Very if, expensive. Honestly, I think if they go worse than 7-5 and five with a notable win on the schedule, he's he's gone. Might Could be. be absolutely cooked. Who'd you have? Uh, Florida. Mm. I, I also had Texas written down. UCLA was one I saw pop really? up because the AD right didn't hire Chip Kelly. That wasn't his guy. And Chip Kelly has a losing record at UCLA. Mm-hmm. And so as they enter the Big Ten, maybe they want to splurge Ooh, and get Dion. Maybe. That could be kind of insane. We have seen Big Ten schools making some pretty bold coaching moves. Nebraska getting Matt Rule, Wisconsin with Fickle. So yeah, that would go right in line. So there are six organized rivalries in the Pac-12 okay. as we wrap up this Pac-12 section. Um, the games at the end of the year, except for you know the teams that play Notre Dame and screw it all up. But you know, <laughs> with, with no repeats, just the six organized rivalries, one through six, where are we ranking them? We'll start at the bottom with number six. All right, before I get these started, I want to really quickly say I changed mine up a little bit based on the really? graphic. Based on the graphic, we put on Instagram. Okay. Um, I'll explain why in a bit, but at the bottom I have Utah Colorado cuz it's not a rivalry. The Rumble uh, and the Rockies. There's there's no history, there's no connection between the two. They're just put there because neither school has a, a rival in the conference. So for that reason, it's the bottom and Utah's pretty much dominated since these two have been playing. Yep. Utah's rival is BYU, Colorado's is Nebraska traditionally. I didn't know these two are rivals and they're not. Uh, yes, I agree. Pac-12 has been trying to force it. It's 10-2 since these two joined the pack, so dead last. <laughs> Number five. I'm going to go with the Apple Cup. Um, okay. I slid this one down my rankings for one reason, and this is the same reason I, I slid down the Oregon one as well, Oregon, Oregon State, because I w- if you surveyed the Oregon and Washington fan bases – no, I'd not be this. curious. Not this. I'd be curious to see how many of them would say Washington is my true rival, Oregon is my true rival. So, for that reason, I'm going to knock the Apple Cup down. However, on the graphics, I put I think I put it third or fourth. So, look, this is always a sneaky good game. The two schools hate each other. I always feel like the worst team wins, too, for some reason. But one of my favorite moments in recent memory was when wazoo flooded washington's field a couple years ago that was like an all-time petty move but pretty fun overall you know this is a fun rivalry but it's not the best at cal stanford it's a legit rivalry but it's just been so irrelevant in the past few years both programs have been bad cal specifically uh back in the 80s and 90s when you had the band rushing on the field yeah, that's when it was cool but since we've been watching football it hasn't i agree that's also my number five who's at number four Okay, so this is where I am now putting Oregon, Oregon State. Wow, wow. I had them two on the graphic. That because, is insane. Because right now, right now, this is the best, most high stakes head-to-head rivalry in the conference aside from USC-UCLA. Uh, I think Oregon and Oregon State, the game has had major implications in recent years, but it hasn't always been that way. Um and again, I booted it down just a little bit for that reason. 
obviously when I just kind of thought of it right off the bat, I had it too. It's a great rivalry. Um, it's really fun. Uh, every game I watch is close, regardless of record. Uh, it feels weird having it at four, uh, which is why I had it at two on the graphic. But because I knocked the Apple Cup, I have to knock this one. I'll, I'll give my two cents in the Civil War when it comes up for me. But I have the Apple Cup at four. I think it's just been a little one-sided towards Washington recently. Number four, I have USC versus UCLA. Yes, explain yourself. Um, I think it's tough. <laughs> right? It's tough. Clearly, they're probably, what, how many miles away from each other? Probably not too far. No. Right? But USC considers Notre Dame its main rivalry, right? And UCLA is kind of just the other brother. I also think it's tough because the Rose Bowl and the Coliseum, right, aren't going to fill out that stadium. I think that also kind of brings down maybe the rivalry the a little bit. 25% empty stadium in your biggest game. Ah, I think that makes it tough. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to put that at four. Okay, interesting. At number three. Okay. Stanford Cal. Wow. Um, right now, this is the worst rivalry in the conference in terms of the talent. This is uh, a historical placement. Absolutely. Historical placement. It's it's the traditional rivalry. It's one of the oldest rivalries in college football. The axe is pretty cool. One of the greatest moments in college football history with the Cal lateral at the end of the game with Stanford's band on the field. I mean, insane. Obviously, recently, this has been boring as hell. I can't tell you the last time I watched this game. But when both programs have been at their best, this is right up there with one of the best. I have UW versus Wazoo. I saw a poll that had a lot of UW fans saying Oregon was their main rivalry. But this game is always competitive. It's yeah. always in the most brutal weather conditions. It's like storming snow in like November. I, I think this game means a lot more than UW fans actually give themselves credit for. Yeah, so at number three, I have the Territorial Cup. Really great energy when these two teams play. Iconic moments. It's nice for U of A to be relevant again, so the game's actually competitive. Uh, I'm, I'm going to jump up to number two, the Civil War. Oregon sure. State ah. versus Oregon. Oregon State has won. They won this very last year. And did you, the pure devastation that was on all the faces of the Oregon Duck players was not the same level of pure devastation they had when Washington beat them. Every single University of Oregon fan I grew up with all year long, we're going to beat Oregon State. We hate Oregon State. Can't wait to play Oregon State. That game's going to be crazy. Wow, I'm excited. Very rarely do they go, oh, man, I can't wait to play Washington. In fact, a team that people claimed were their rival a lot back in the day was Stanford. And that was just because mm. that was the nationally relevant mm. game. Mm. So in my mind, people saying Washington's their biggest rival now is just because that's what's been nationally relevant more so. Mm. And yes, there's a little more history with Washington. And I, I think it could be true that Washington views Oregon as a bigger rival than Wazoo because the mechanics of that rivalry, I think, work a little different. But the Civil War is the fifth most played rivalry of all time. You've got... You've got class presidents and prom queens getting kidnapped in the past of this rivalry. Whoa! In the 1940s, they canceled this game for a year because it was too tense. They thought someone was going to get murdered. Number two, the Civil War. Wow. Uh, number two, I have U of A and ASU. As uh, a Blaze Radio host once said, this is hate. Uh, okay. <laughs> it's an equal rivalry. I mean, both teams hate each other mutually. There's yeah. no other girl that they're fighting over. Good call. Yeah, this you would be hard-pressed to find more hatred between two fan bases than the Territorial Cup. 
Um, if both teams were more nationally relevant, this would be a top 10 rivalry based on some of the games, right? You look at the year ASU had two blocked extra points in one to send it to overtime and one in overtime. You look at when U of A missed a 40-yard field goal to win in 2018. Uh, you look at 70-7. to Obviously, that was better for ASU. And then even last year, both teams were horrible, and that was still a great game. U of A won, but it was a phenomenal game. So... Like the same reason you guys said, it's always evenly matched. It's always a great game. This is the biggest game in the state, uh, so that's why I've got the cup, teacup at number two. Who's your one, Butch? Number one, Battle LA, which should be the name of this rivalry. USC UCLA, classic, high stakes, high scoring. I love the uniform matchup. Uh, it's just in LA. It's iconic, and I feel like all game eyes are on it when the game goes on. Psst. My number one, Civil War. I mean, this is a game, as you mentioned, Oregon State fans have circled all year. I think for Oregon fans, maybe like they're going to kill themselves if they lose that game. <laughs> Typically, they're like probably in the top five every year. It's like, please don't lose this game because uh, we're going to get bounced out of the playoff. But yeah, I think it's a number one rivalry right now in the, in the conference. I've got UCLA-USC. Same reason Budge said. Historically good game. Historical matchup. Really cool trophy. The victory bell is really cool. Um, so, yeah, that's my number one. All right. Fantastic. I'm glad we've got a little bit of time here at the end because we still got to do mascot or mass not, a game where you tell me either if it's a real mascot or a mass not. Hayden's first time participating in this. Yeah. Yes. Uh, this is how this is going to work. I've got eight mascots or mask knots, and you're going to tell me whether they're a mascot or mass not. You've got to go five for eight. To get an official mask not point. I don't know. Okay. Um, okay, Colt, okay. Colt last time went four of eight. So he was perfectly 50% from the field. Here we go. I give you the name. You okay. tell me if it's a mascot or a mask not. We'll start with Whimsy Whale. That's a mask not. I'm going to go mask not as well. That's And that is correct. A great, great start from both of you guys. One for one. Whimsy Whale Did you is come up with that? not a mascot. We'll call it if it's a mass knot. <laughs> All right, next up we've got Jacko the Lantern. Oh, Ma God. I'm going to go mask knot here. I'm going to go mascot. And it is a mask knot. So Hayden starts two for two, Colt at one for two. Uh, we've got Salty the Salami Stick. <laughs> that just feels too random for yeah, him to make mask up. Mask knot for me. I'm going to go mascot. There's no way you randomly. <laughs> And it salami. is a mask not. Colt is you over just randomly three. thought of salami? Hayden got it. Hayden got it. Salty the salami stick is not real, Colt. Come on. So Hayden, three for three. Wow. What a fiery start. Okay. We've got Archie Alpaca. <laughs> sure. Mascot. Mask not. Too easy. And it was mask not. So, okay, yeah. so Hayden with his first miss, he's three okay. for four. Colt is two for four. <clears throat> Next up, we've got Colonel Cobb. <laughs> this is another Cobb. one. Uh, every single I, one's been a mascot. I'm going mascot. I guess mascot, yeah. And you're both correct. I'm okay. the, the misdirection. We're, we're the first real mascot, Colonel Cobb from Concordia College, is okay. a real mascot. Congratulations. Yeah. Colts missed two. Hayden's only missed one thus far. So, Hayden, you could actually clinch right, right here. You here could clinch. Speedy the Geoduck. It's got to be a mascot. I'm going mascot. I mean, there's just no way he thinks of Geoduck. 
Yeah. If this is a mascot, <laughs> this is the most out of pocket that, one yeah. ever. Mascot. And that is correct. It is a okay. mascot. Evergreen. What is a geo duck? <laughs> Evergreen State College has Speedy the Geo Duck. All right. Uh, Hayden, congratulations. All You've right. already clinched. Col- We're not even guessing whether or not it's a mascot or mascot. We're just guessing could he come up with <laughs> yes. something this out of pocket? So, Cole, you need two more. You got to go two for two here. Okay, I got it. So, we've got brown dog and gray dog. Brown is dog? a tandem mascot? A tandem mascot. Brown dog and gray dog. Which Mas- is a brown dog and a gay mascot. Gray dog. I'm gonna go mascot. I'm gonna go mascot on this because it's gray dog as well. And that's correct. Yeah. Mascot, you guys got it, and we're we're to the last one. This is huge for Colt. Hayden is the colors were a giveaway yeah, on that one. I think so. If it was any other some other colors, I'd be like, yeah, that's a mascot. Okay, okay. Um fat not fact efficient. <laughs> Ready, set, go for mask mask not. And that is correct. It was a mask not. Wow. Colt a has rally. done it. Colt with a rally, rally to go five for eight. An impressive run there at the end. It looks like Colt, your mother was trying to guess. I, I don't know which one she was saying that to. So let's just say she also got five. Whoa. Wow. An impressive performance. Um, Michael Scott would normally take us to our outro, but I'm not going to play it. It's it's just too much work at this point. But uh, that's the end of the show. Uh, Hayden, what a generational performance in Mascot and Mascot. What can I say? Um, I kind of had Colt's strategy, you know. How how deep are you going here with the the deep fakes, if you will? There I was go. like Geo Doug. <laughs> yeah, I was like, there is no way, there is no way you just thought of that. It would have been pretty next, impressive. I, the next time we do this, I'm expecting some crazy crazy ones. But you almost had me at the first one. You almost had me at the first one. Oh, whimsy whale, or Jacko no, 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 the no, Lantern. Wait, maybe it was the third one. Salty the salami stick. Yes. <laughs> I was. I you was me and salami I, stick. Yes, it was that one. I almost, I almost fell for that one. Yeah, that one was. Uh, also, that makes good. sense. Yeah, I was like, there's so gotta be salty. There's the Scottsdale the artichokes. artichokes. That was in I was last like, show. There's gotta be a D three school somewhere with that name. But I just trust me. I'm gonna do some digging. I'm gonna find right. some some outrageous ones. But uh, great show, guys. Looks like we're down to the final seven minutes of the play-in game. Two cool. point game should be a fun finish. OKC up two. But uh, any parting thoughts, guys, as we. End this mid-April episode. Mid-April. Excited for this uh, ASU spring game coming up this weekend. Some celebrity coaches, Taylor Lewan and Will Compton, will be coaching the game. So Let's that'll go. be that'll be cool. Uh, baseball season is kind of fun to start the year. Oh, oh the, dude. the Rays are like twelve and zero right now. They won that game, bunch. Hey, really? Yes. D-backs are in first place. Saw that. Crazy too. times we live in, boys. Outrageous times we live in. Well, if that's all we got, I'm Tyler Budge. I'm Hayden Weber. And I'm Colt Dalmadova. And with that, we wave goodbye.